Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by the author of Bunker, Building for the End Times. We welcome Bradley Garrett. Hey, Sean, great to be with you. Let's go beyond the mic. You started on this tour around the world to meet people building elaborate panic rooms underground. Why was that so fascinating for you? I, I You know, it's building underground citadels uh, and stockpiling supplies. It's something that human beings have done for thousands of years, but it seems like we've reached this kind of terminal point in history, or at least a huge pivot, where people are thinking more and more about, about bolstering their own defenses. Um, and, uh, as I, as I found very quickly when I began this journey, Texas is kind of the epicenter of, of a lot of these plans. I went to some, some, uh, factories that were building backyard shelters. And I also went to, uh, a, a community that was building a kind of multi-million dollar high-end, uh, gated community that could weather almost any kind of disaster. It's, it's been a, it's been an eye-opening experience, but I think it's a, it, also a, a harbinger in a sense, you know, all of these communities are pointing towards uh, an uncertain future that we're all facing. Okay. So when you started the project, did you ever think this is nuts underground living started in 1964 world's fair exhibition. And now we're talking sophisticated bunkers around the world. Well, you know, it, it's kind of hard these days with the internet, with Photoshop to know whether these things are real or not. And so I, I kept seeing these uh, news stories where people are running photos of these facilities and thinking, I, you know, I, don't, I can't verify that. So as a researcher, uh, it was absolutely crucial that I went to every one of these facilities. I wanted to see them with my own eyes. And uh, I, 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 I still can't believe what I saw. People are spending millions of dollars uh, building underground private bunkers that are, are totally self-sufficient. They've got um, nuclear, biological, and chemical air filters, wind turbines, solar panels, battery backup systems, uh, but also swimming pools, rock climbing walls, libraries, shooting ranges. I, mean, I, I have seen some of the most incredible facilities in the world, and these are things that, you know, only 20 years ago, uh, only a government could afford to build, uh, but they're, they're now groups of people in the United States who have enough resources and enough apprehension about the future that they're, they're, they're investing everything they have in these, in these facilities. Um, and even if we can't build something like that for ourselves, I think there's a lesson here for all of us because the, the people who are building these facilities are very often the people who are, who are building, uh, the technologies that, that they're afraid of. Uh, and I think that, you know, that's something we should all, be aware of and, and take heed. Now, as you visited those bunkers, did your instincts start to change? Like, I need to be more prepared and I might need one of these. Well, there's no doubt about it. I am, um, I've lived in, in cities for 15 years and I just, uh, I never had built much resiliency into my own life. You know, I was kind of skating from paycheck to paycheck and living in small spaces and wasn't thinking a whole lot about um, what I would do if things went wrong. But of course, <laughs> if you spend enough time with preppers who were telling you uh, that we, that we should be stockpiling for a rainy day and, and building ourselves a bit of an insurance policy, whatever that may mean, whether it's, it's uh, having some extra food or keeping some cash on hand or, or, you know, just keeping the vehicle fueled up and filled with camping gear in case you need to leave quickly. You know, if you, if you listen to people talking to you like that for, for long enough, you start taking on some of those 
some of those anxieties. And actually what I found is that as I started doing like really low level prepping, what, what I call practical prepping, just kind of organizing my life in a different way um, that, that builds some resiliency into it, I found that it gave me a, a sense of peace. It actually relieved a lot of my anxiety. Um, and I think that, that anxiety is something that is being instilled in us by a very fragile society that we've built, you know, that is, it's just not, um, uh, it's not built for, for survival. You know, it's, it's, it's built for convenience. Uh, so flipping that thinking on its head was, was a really important part of going on this journey with these preppers. Was there bunkers that you wanted to explore, but you haven't been able to? Uh, I desperately wanted to go to North Korea. I, I spoke to a guy from the Nautilus Institute in California. Um, and he's been, he's been studying North Korea for years. And he told me that after the Korean War, North Korea was essentially leveled. So, I mean, the whole country was destroyed. And so they started burrowing in, into the country. And they have uh, airfields inside mountains. They've got a, they've got a, a weapons factory with 20,000 people working in it. All of this stuff is underground. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the government has plenty of satellite reconnaissance that, that might tell them where the entrances to these places are. But uh, I really, I really wish I could have, uh, I could have gone and seen some of those facilities just to get a sense of, of uh, how extreme people can go in, in terms of their preparation. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Which of these bunkers you've explored was your favorite and why? Uh, there was a community in South Dakota called the X Point, and, and with they they used to be uh, World War II munitions bunkers, so they, they actually had weapons stored in them. And all the munitions were removed at the end of the war, uh, and these bunkers were just sitting out there. there. There were 575 of them, about three-quarters of the size of Manhattan, and uh, some families started moving into them. And they, they, they called the site the X point because they said it's the, it's the point from which humanity is going to reemerge after a great calamity. And I, I spent week, weeks out there living with these families. And I actually, I, um, the community that they're, that they're building is, um, uh, I don't know, it's, like, it's nothing that, like I've ever experienced before. I, I really enjoyed spending time out there with them. The book is Bunker. Preparing for the end times. He is Bradley Garrett. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. And that, my friends, is a Beyond the Mic shortcut.